so Deuteronomy. And honestly, more than preaching, I had to uh, cast out more demons during the conference. And so we, we didn't really make good progress. But uh, as you well know, Deuteronomy is very simple. It's very um, concise. And yet, there are many important elements to Deuteronomy. But first of all, what we need to remember is that Deuteronomy is a law. It's a command. And so um, the Israelites, as they were receiving... The reason why they receive these curses is because they have turned away, they have forsaken the law of the Lord. Why do they forsake the law of the Lord? Is because they do not hear the law of the Lord, because they do not have the ears to hear the word of God. And it's the same thing for us. What will determine your Can you guys not hear me? Oh he says he can hear me. Uh, can you change the receiver? Try a different receiver. Okay, and so remember that uh, the Word of God is life and wherever the Spirit of God is, is freedom. And so the reason why we die is because we do not eat the Word of God, because we do not have the Word of God. And so, honestly, Sunday there's too many people. Uh, sun Saturday there's no one and so I think we need to distribute it a little bit more. Maybe when we go over there we'll be able to have service altogether. But Honestly, we even if we can, we need to have two services because, you know, our, because of the requirements of our church. But anyways, okay, it's great. Uh, the the new place has about has enough space for about six hundred people. So. So it should be good. And also uh, the children's room, the nursery ha has gotten a lot bigger. And so it's okay to have more children if you'd like. We even have space, parking space for your strollers. Uh, They've they done a very good job. They've done a splendid job. And so please go ahead and continue to encourage them and, and cheer them on. And so, can we get started? Is everyone here? Also, uh, in November and December, we have we have two weddings. We have two weddings, and so so have a lot of um, there's a lot of reason for joy. Amen. Who's going to officiate? Oh, am I going to officiate? Are you sure? It depends on what you bring. <laughs> but anyways, so um, November uh, 18th and December 16th. Changje, how about you? Are you not getting married? Okay, maybe December 3rd in between those two. I think um, this is part of God's will to truly beautify the church. Uh, 
you know, when it comes to healing ministry, you know, healing ministry has been upgraded in a really interesting way. You know, uh, over there, there's a girl over there. Her name is Unma. She was throwing up like for for a week and and no one could f understand the reason why but the moment i laid hands on her god was like oh she's healed and so the moment she was healed go eat and she ate and 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 was okay but this is this is what how god is upgrading right it's it's not that i have to do something it's just god works amen and so it's finished right and and you're better right yes okay and this is all what we was what we what we start to experience through the conference in South America. And so, can we begin? Is everyone here? Okay, then let's begin. Deuteronomy. Okay, so Deuteronomy, please hurry up and be seated. Who are you, Ashley? Okay, why why are you walking so why are you walking so leisurely? Okay, Deuteronomy. Okay, so Deuteronomy, we split it up into three sections, right? One through four. Remember, the entirety of Deuteronomy is kind of like a last testament, a last will of, of Moses. And so he's basically just organizing everything. And so chapter one through four is talking about the process. And then from five to 26 is the second um, sermon. And then 27 to the finish is, the, is, is, is wrapping it up, is concluding, right? And that's how we split up Deuteronomy. And as we said earlier, okay, the title in Hebrew is, is the word. And so like the command of God, the law of God. And remember, a command is not from the perspective of a stronger person, a higher person uh, commanding a lower person, but rather there is a difference in dimension. And because there's such a difference in dimension, the weight of this word cannot be taken lightly. You cannot help but obey, right, brothers? And so, <laughs> and so this word command, as we see in John uh, chapter twelve, right, that 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 the command of God, that the God's command is life, that the word of God is life, and so that's the perspective that we get from when we call about command. And so, what is your faith life about? It's about who is the one who can properly eat the Word of God, whether it's power, healing, deliverance, whatever it may be. It's all dependent upon, it's all a sign of God's Word. And so, in Zoe ministry, if you can hear the Word of God, then that's all that's required of you, right? Is that and, and as it says in Hebrews 4 that, that, that the word of God is living and active It is a double-edged sword And when it comes into me It cuts me to the bone Cuts me through the bone And so all that's important Is that I receive the word of God properly And if I do receive the word of God properly Then my faith life will be uh, Will be Will go smoothly and so the problem is, is, are you hearing the word of God or not? And in Yabang Church, we can see this clearly. Whether you are aware of it or not, this is ultimately what it's about. Who is the one who's receiving the word of God? And who is the one who can receive it? That is the person who will, who will move forward. Just as those of you who've, risen, or who've, who've, who've reared children understand, the child that eats well is the one that grows well. Amen? And so... <coughs> 
And so who is Israel? Israel is Shema Israel, as we saw in chapter 6. Israel, hear the word. Hear the word, O Israel. Who is Israel? They are the ones who hear. The identity of Israel themselves is that when they choose God, that this is their identity given for them, is that they hear the words that I say. And who is that word? As we see in Deuteronomy, that this word is one, right? That this God is one, Echad, that there is unique. No one else can say, say this word. Only Yahweh, uh, Jehovah God, only God, the one. He is one. And so all man, all mankind live off the words that come forth from the words uh, from the mouth of God. And and so ultimately, though there may seem like many reasons why people die, but the reason why people die is because they do not receive the word of God. And so, especially when we look at it from the perspective of eternity, right? who is the one who dies? It's the one who doesn't hear the word of God. And we can talk about this from many perspectives. But just as we see uh, many of the parables of, 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 the, of, the, of the sower, right? who is the one who, he, who lives? It's the one who receives and welcomes the word. Welcome, right? Paradelkomai. The one who receives every single bit of that seed that is planted. That is planted. And so for that reason, you know, we, we break down the, 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 the road, that, 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 the paved road of the world, taking away every rocks of unbelief, taking away the roots of, of, of greed, you know. And, and so the only place that the word of God can bear fruit is, not, is, is, is only one kind of soil, which is what? The good soil, right? And... And so as first John or not first John as second Corinthians says right why are we unable to receive the word of God what is the enemy of receiving the word of God it is the spirit of this world the god of this world comes and deceives you and takes you takes this word away from you and so because you are so filled with this information of the world because you're so filled with the with with the with the conceptions of this world that's why you're unable to hear the word of God that's why you're unable to hear when God says ah to hear it as ah because you have all these other things right for example brothers why are you unable to pray? You know that it's, it's important to pray. And past, even though your pastor says to you, pray, you cannot hear it. Why? Because you're filled with other thoughts. That's the scary thing about deception. That's the scary thing about the worldly standard. And remember, what is goes hand in hand with unbelief? It is deception. And so why are you unable to do this? Because you cannot hear the word of God. It's easy. Okay, if you, if you don't have vitamin A, I don't know what disease this is, so I'm just going to use vitamin C because if you lack vitamin C, what do you have? You have scurvy, right? And so, and so it's the same thing. <laughs> he doesn't know uh, the disease that he even said. But anyways, that's not what's important, right? The what, what disease? That's not what is important. It's just, it's just, a, it's just an example, right? And so. So if you don't have enough vitamin C, just as you'll get scurvy, right? In the same way, when some part of the Word of God is not entering into you, there is some kind of spiritual problem arising within you. And so why you're unable to pray is because something is not entering into you. Something is not, being, is not nourishing you. Let's say, remember, 
when it comes to power being um, manifest in you, why is it not being manifest? Because the Word of God is living and active, right? And, and, and the Word of God is the power of God. And so if it's entering into you, it should manifest. And so the fact that it's not manifesting means that there's something wrong, right? And so remember that the Word of God is what moves the kingdom of heaven. And if the kingdom of heaven is not moving in your life, then look, look, there's something wrong, right? Right. The kingdom of heaven is filled with power, is filled with love, is filled with all, and all of these things should be manifest. But because you are not unable to eat it properly, because something is not being received inside of you, then that that word is not moving. And because that word is not moving, that word is is just still inside of you. And so, remember. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a spirit that follows after the truth. The Holy Spirit cannot be separate from the Word. And so if the Word is not moving, then the Holy Spirit is not doing anything in your life. The Holy Spirit is not moving inside of your life. And so the failure to eat the Word of God is the source of Israel's wickedness. And so what? And so now as he's talking, what is he? where is he going? He's, going, he's, he's discussing to the Israelites. That when you go into the land that has been promised you, raise up a memorial stone. And this memorial stone isn't like what the world is doing, like, you know, just, just for simple memorials, right? He, he's saying to raise up the stone on Mount Ebal and on Mount Gerizim. On Mount Ebal to, to, to write down the, the curses and on Mount Gerizim to write down the blessings. And then to have offerings on Mount Ebal. Why? What does that mean that the sacrifice is offered on Mount Ebal? It means that all the curses have been cut down that these curses no longer apply and so it's the same thing to us in our community we should be manifesting blessings no curse but sometimes the curse does but but look think about it it's, it's, it's that jesus christ is the same representative of this that through his sacrifice that we can proclaim the victory that as israel proclaims victory towards mount ebal and saying that mount uh, yes to mount ebal right we need to have that same thing Okay, and so check to make sure that that cross is established on Ebal, right? And see that. And so Deuteronomy, this is the most important thing is, is that, 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 that you have been called, right? And so when you hear the Word of God, this is the most important thing to your faith, is hearing the Word of God. If you can hear the Word of God, then there is no problem in your spiritual life. Why are you unable to repent? Because you do not hear the Word of God. Why are you unable to live in holiness? Because you are not receiving the Word of God. Why are you unable to see the glory of God? When, when, the, when the Word of God himself irradiates the, 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 the glory of that God, why are you unable to do so? It's because the, you are not receiving the Word, because you are not receiving that Word. As it says in psalms right that the word of god is a lamp onto my feet and it leads me in the darkness and so cutting through that darkness but because you are unable to receive that word of god you're unable to see that light and so the inability to hear the word of god is this is the root it's the enemy that we need to cut And so, why am i getting so worked up because i'm so frustrated so frustrated that, that you're unable to hear 
but you must hear, amen. And blood of Jesus, wipe the blood of Jesus over your over your ears so that you can hear, right? Because what is the word of God? It's about paradalkamai, welcoming every single word, right? In Chinese, Juan Yi, what is Spanish? Bienvenido. Bienvenido. Okay, in English, welcome. Okay, you don't have to be so accurate with me, okay? I don't know Japanese. You could tell me any word and I'll believe you. Anyways, so we're going to begin. And so commandment, this is really important. And then so in... And so now in chapter 28, you know, they're, 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 they're building up this altar on Mount Ebal. And so that's the cross being lifted up on Mount Ebal. And so in 27, chapter 27, uh, he, uh, starting from verse 10, they start to proclaim all the curses from Mount Ebal. And then in 28, they, they, uh, they, they proclaim the blessings. And then so from verse 15 to 68 is where we talk about the curses for disobedience. And so when I talked about the blessing, even the blessing, it's not that we have to receive this blessings. No. Why does God tell us to proclaim the blessing? Because this word baraka in itself is, is, is as if it, uh, what the, word, the root of that word is talking about uh, um, um, uh, a camel bowing its knees. Right. And so this word blessed has, comes with the connotation of obedience. Right, and so we are not obeying to receive these blessings, but rather we are blessed because we have this obedient um, uh, posture. And so, what is what is the um, opposite of blessing? Is is rebellion, right? And look at look at the history of Israel. Is that they're always complaining, they're always grumbling. It's always in this rebellion. And so that's what we need to understand is that that is the problem. In, in, in um, ultimately, what is blessing? Blessing is being obedient. Is being un, is submitting to God. And and so the important thing here is that this blessing in itself is not something that we need to beg for. It's not something that we need to receive because He gives, but rather that you are beings who are blessed. Why? Because you are you are kingly beings, right? That's what that's and so what's important here is your identity. Because you are a king, of course you are blessed, right? 
that wherever you go, you are blessed because you are king. Whatever you choose, you are blessed because you are king, right? Again, this is about your your royal life, your your regal, your regality as a king. As we see in Genesis 39, just as God said to Joseph, right? God describes Joseph's life like this, that Potiphar was blessed on account of Joseph. Or Pharaoh was blessed on account of Joseph. And so that, that's what's important here. Okay, and so just as we see all the time in our in our life that that whenever I go to restaurants, right, that 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 there are times where unbelieving owners come to me and say that pastor, because of your because you came here, uh, more customers came, right, and 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 and, and it's true, right, and I believe this because I am the king, right, and. And so this blessing isn't something that we need to strive for, something we need to beg for. No, it's just, it's natural. It's natural that these blessings come upon you. And it's the same thing applies to you. It's not just me. When, so when you look at my life, you see that that's how I'm living, right? You see that this is what characterized me. For 32 years as I've been living with God, even now, Whenever I go, I know that God's not going to just treat it lightly. Every step I take, every move I make, that, that, that God is very considerate of everything that I do, right? Wherever I go in the world, I see this. Everywhere, I, I know that the kingdom is moving with me. Why? Because that's the relationship I have with Him. That I know that He respects me, right? In that way. God doesn't just give me suffering randomly, not just willy-nilly. No, God will convince me, will tell me why, will explain why. And so last week, as I talked about this, that as your life with God becomes easier and easier, you no longer need to appeal to the world. You don't need to persuade the world. No, look at Daniel. Daniel, the reason why, the reason why he receives... Um, the reason why he receives all these punishments in his life in Babylon is not because it's not because he didn't have the power to go against it. It's because he doesn't need the, he doesn't feel the need to persuade the world. He doesn't feel the need to appeal to the world. He just he knows that all he has to do is appeal to God, to turn to God, and that that is much more easier. That that is much more effective. That is much more efficative for his life. And so your prayer, your prayer, God needs to answer your prayer. Right, that that is the attitude that you have to have. Because what did God give you? What is the great privilege you have? Is that God has given you His promise, right? And so, as I always say, if you do not receive answers to your prayer, then what should you do? You should repent. Why? Because God has given you this promise. He has given you this promise, and this promise isn't a promise of some just normal man. What is this promise? This promise is given to you by the Creator God. And the fact that you're unable to live by that dignity, the fact that you're unable to live by that honor, you need to treat that as a problem. You need to treat that as a serious issue if you just let that dignity go by and you just let your life to fall fall by that's not how god created you god did not make you to live that way and so look we're going to talk about curses today and so look ask israel this king these regal things what's the problem as they lose that identity what happens is that they start to live like beggars look as a man of god are you supposed to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, how you're going to live your life? No, that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible doesn't even isn't concerned with these kinds of things. If that's the case, then why believe in this God, right? This God, right? If he if he can't take care of these basic needs of yours, then why why serve that God? But 
And so what we need to understand is that the Bible is not concerned with that, but is concerned with your nobility, is concerned with your dignity. God doesn't just give me sufferings randomly. Right? Look at look at numbers. Look at numbers. Even though Moses was the one who did wrong, when 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 Aaron and Miriam tried to rebel against Moses, Moses was clearly in the wrong. And yet whose side does God take? It should have been Moses who was punished. And yet, but that's who God is. God is taking the side on the one who is closer to him. And so if you do not grow spiritually, you lose sight of your dignity. You lose sight of your great privilege. And you're constantly getting getting afflicted by the curses of this world. And so remember, remember, what 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 is the point today? Look, as I'm saying this, what's important today is that you need to establish the memorial stone on Mount Ebal, okay? Get rid of all this curses on Mount Ebal. On to proclaim it. Amen. And so and so we're entering into chapter 28, right? And so And so throughout Deuteronomy, Israel needs to live by the dignity of a king. But the problem is because they did not hear the word of God, because they did not hear the command of God, it doesn't just end there, but rather instead of what happens is that it, they fail to live God-centeredly. They fail to live godly lives and they live a self-centered life. They live by this um, by this slave mindset, this, this servant mindset. And so, in order to survive, in order to survive, what do they have to do? They have to, uh, they have to uh, develop their ambition. They have to raise their their desire. And so, ultimately, what happens then is that they deify that 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 desire. And by deifying that desire, what is that? That's idolatry. And so, even God becomes an idol, right? As we see in Kings, right? That that God becomes bow to them, right? That they serve money so much that money becomes their god. That they make call him Yahweh but it's ultimately serving money and so as we saw last week there are thousands of reasons why we we should deny Babylon but ultimately what we need to understand is is that Babylon is the complete opposite as we said earlier in Deuteronomy God is one our God is one he is the only God one and only God right that's what Christian is right is is knowing that there's only one way Right? We do not live in a duality, right? We live in one way. There's only one way. It's not conflict between choices, between whether I go this way or that way. No, it's only one thing. Is it God's will or not? This is the only thing that we need to consider. But if you live by Babylon, the problem is, is that Babylon is always about choice. Babylon is always about choice. The system of Babylon ultimately can't help but move in polytheism, right? If you want to do business, you need greed. If you want to get married, you need immorality, right? And so that's why you're always um, welcoming in thousands of different kinds of spirits. And so Babylon, this world of Babylon is ultimately polytheistic. And so if you live by Babylon, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you want it or not, whether you ultimately are welcoming in uh, different spirits. And so, of course, your mind, your mind gets flooded with all kinds of competing ideologies, all kinds of competing um, um, uh, uh, philosophies. And so, and so you become complicated. And so look, if your thoughts are complicated, then you need to understand that you are immersed in the world of Babylon. You are immersed in the thoughts of Babylon. I can say this without a shadow of a doubt. 
that if you live by God, it will not be complicated. There's only one thing. And so to us, the important thing is, as children of God, okay, okay, we talk about nature, and I acknowledge that there is nature. There is human nature. But in that nature, if it's the good things that God has created inside of you, then that's okay. But let's say in your nature, there's things that do not belong to God. Then ultimately, God is not going to leave that alone. That's, you cannot just say that, oh, I can leave this alone because it's part of my nature. No. If, because God is one and when we live with Him, our life of method becomes reigned over by Him. We're in His dominion. And as I give to Him, as I give to Him, this one and unique God reigns over me and He shapes me in Him, right? And so listen carefully. I'm not trying to deny nature. I'm not saying that there is no nature. But the problem isn't your nature. The problem is your relationship with God. Are you meeting with God? And so the command of God, this is something that's so terrifying, right? Look at how terrifying this word is, is that, that Israelites, when they were standing before the word of God at Mount Sinai, they saw the fire, they saw the chaos, and they were so terrified that they said, you, Moses, go, we'll stay back. But, but... But now for us, what about us? We need to meet with that God, right? Because it's no longer that fearful God, but, but the, and so meeting with him. And if you were meeting with God every day, if you were to meet with God every day, you would be revolutionized. But the reason, oh, sorry, one moment. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, let me catch up. And so, ultimately, what you need to do is continually put yourself to death. If you were meeting with God constantly, you'd be transformed. But the reason why you are not being transformed is because you are not meeting with God. And, and so, look, what is, the, what is the enemy to this? What is uh, the antithesis to this? It's that you are not putting yourself to death. You need to put yourself to death. If you live self-centeredly, then ultimately, you can't help but live by that, that slave mind mentality. You cannot help but... Stretch out your hand looking for favors from Babylon. This is the principle of things. That if you are living self-centered, you can't help but live in the world. If you are living God-centered, you will be continually turning towards God. And so look, we are not doomed because we lack things. We are not doomed because we do not have things. No. We are doomed because we live by the world. Okay. If you live by the world, the church will be doomed. If you lose holiness as a child of God, losing holiness, that is a death sentence. There's nothing more, more worse than that. Because God is this almighty God and his glory is in his holiness. And he has given you his holy name. So that holiness is worth your life, right? It's everything to your life. And so again... This fact that they were disobedient in the context of, of Deuteronomy, what's being taught in Deuteronomy, is talking about that this is the most important thing, right? Is are you obedient or disobedient? And this is not an action, but a state. So as we hear today's sermon, what we need to be clear of is, is that we want to deal with this, right? That we have set up the cross on Mount Ebal, that through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, that all the curses have been cut. And remember, at that time, their theology was that there was these two kinds of gods, right? That there was an Al-God Al and an El-God. And, 
and and if you look at at the religions of the world, none of these gods uh, can have the right to curse and bless. Because there's nothing in the, because no no uh, no religion in this world can proclaim that, right? Look at look at closely at Buddhism. They they do not act. Now, of course, sometimes they talk about blessings and curses, but but and, and so right like like right the, like they'll look to the Buddhist and or or Buddha and 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 pray and pray and pray. But they cannot proclaim curses. They cannot proclaim curses. And they cannot change blessing into a curse and curse into a blessing, right? And only this Jehovah God can determine blessing and curses. And this curse through Jesus Christ has been completely cut down. Amen? And so, and so for those of you who believe the power of the blood, though, though the curse is being proclaimed right now, what, what happens is that the grace covers over that curse to, and changes that curse to a blessing. Amen? And so, and so as we talk about these curses, what, what, what do you need to see that, oh wow, how blessed I am that I believe in Jesus Christ. How blessed am I that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And as I said earlier, that famine is, 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 is going all over this world, right? This world, there's so many people dying of starvation. So many people are dying out of malnutrition all over the world. As we said earlier, uh, um, millions of children are dying over the world because of lack of nutrition, uh, famine caused by warfare, also disease, uh, right? About, about five, 50 million people are dying every year because of various diseases, AIDS, coronavirus, right? We, we, we even talked about this, um, this um, severe flu right now. And, and look at the world. Um, uh, what, the famines that are going on, right? Um, so many of lakes all over the world are drying up, and and so the world in in uh, this from this perspective, they're all going crazy because what are they relying on? What are they depending on? And as this famine, as we go through this famine of this world right uh we're going to see clearly people being divided into this right right and so look at how much this world is suffering and yet here we as a church uh, what comfortable lives we're living right we are so blessed right we're so blessed right right look all many of you went through coronavirus and, and came out better for it right for three for three years during the coronavirus, did you guys wear the masks? No, none of you guys wore masks. Now, some of you did choose, but I did not wear the mask, did I, right? And so look. And so look, God is my... Uh, that God is my, 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 uh, my pillar. That He is my foundation, right? He is my rock, right? This is the life of those who proclaim that. that, that and, and we're coming to this point where those who truly have faith in God will be clearly evident, will be clearly separated from those who do not have that truth. Right? Look at this world. Look at how many people die of suicide. So many people die of suicide. And, 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 and regrettably, Korea is number one of rate of suicide. And look at the church, right? Even in the church, how many people are depressed? This is, this is such an embarrassing statistic, right? You have the joy of God. How can you be afflicted with depression? And yet there's so many people who have depression in the church. They need to repent deeply. It doesn't make sense, 
right? You are living with the source of joy. And yet, how can you forsake that joy and choose depression? You live with this awesome God. And yet, why are you, why are you, um, 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 living as sad? Okay, is the cross established on Mount Ebal? Okay, you need to first confirm that righteousness. Without that, this message was going to be too complicated. So anyways, in this New Testament, we have this confirmation of righteousness. And so we can see that cross. But even in Israel, ultimately, even though they didn't have Jesus Christ... God was ready to forgive them and he has already forgiven them whenever they repented. And the problem is that they do not repent. That's the problem. So where shall we look? Okay, we saw in Isaiah 40 as well, right? That before Israel was taken into captivity, already God was ready to forgive them. And so all they have to do is return. And so let's look at Psalms 89. Psalms 89. Okay, Psalms 89 is a really important psalm. I, I'm surprised that I have not preached out of Psalms 89. But And so what is Psalms 89? The focus of Psalms 89 is verse 3 and 4. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and bring your build your throne for all generations. And so this is the prophecy of Samuel, 1 Samuel 7, right? That through the line of David, the kings will be reckoned and, and the Messiah will come through the line of David, right? And so 1 Samuel 7, 14, what's the focus there? That I have established a law for all men. And what is that law? The law is that there needs to be a king and that in with that king, that man will truly find happiness. And who is that king? Is the Messiah. And so mankind... So mankind, no matter what they may have, no matter what kind of political philosophy they have, they cannot be happy. Whether it's democracy, um, oligarchy, whatever it may be, they cannot be happy. Only when the Davidic king, the Messiah reigns, can man be happy, right? Because this is the law for men. So what is the church? The church is the elders, the, 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 the governors who prepare the way. And so... And so, and so the uh, church is a symbol and, and a foreshadow of, of that Davidic king. And so that's why the church has the right to rule and reign. Because we, as it says in Ephesians 4, that this is so obvious that the church have this right. And so that's what this is talking about in Psalms 89. And so the most important thing for this Davidic king is to establish the law, right? Right. Uh, of course, we have legal codes nowadays, but, but back in the day, kingdoms, who made the law? It was the king, right? And so let's look at this law. Verse 30. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, so again, this is talking about disobedience, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then what's going to happen? Then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. And this is not a curse. What is this? This is discipline, right? This is discipline. 
And that's the 33. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the words that went forth from my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. And so he gives this calling to David and saying that I will forgive them. That no matter how much you sin, no matter how much disobedience you have, if you, if you repent, I will forgive you. And so even Israel, as we see before Jesus Christ came, the curse has been finished. The curse has been cut down. Now, of course, they, they still needed to go through the process of meeting with Jesus Christ to deal with sin once for all. But ultimately, they, what the, but the, the privilege they have is that they will not die for their sins, but that they can, that they, that they can receive a Passover, right? And so now let's also turn to Psalms 94. This is also a really important song, right? That the God of vengeance, right? Lord, God of vengeance. And so what we can see here in chapter 94, verse 12. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law. And so look here. Whom you discipline, whom you teach out of your law. Why? Because the curse has been finished. Because God has already forgiven them. His discipline is a blessing in itself. And so Israel, they already uh, finished with curses. And so what we want to talk about is why do you still live by the curse? And so verse 13. To give him rest from the days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. And so only the wicked are being cursed. Israel, Israel who has forgiven... That they, that, so that they can uh, have rest in the days of troubles. That's not saying that the day of troubles will not come to them. It does come, but, but it is not an issue. Why? Because, because it may be disciplined, but also you will be given rest. And so the church and Israel, they have nothing to do with the curse. Amen? And yet, why does Israel continue to choose the curse? That's what we want to see. And so... And so let's go ahead and turn to verse 15 of chapter 28. And so this was up to now is all the introduction. But, but we can finish the main text really easily. We'll just go really quickly through the various verses from 15 to 68. <laughs> okay, you know the characteristic of your head pastor that I preach short. Amen? Right, I preach short. Amen. It's because you feel that it's long. That's why I'm preaching long. <laughs> okay, but God so amazing right he's he renews that glory every day and i see that glory in a new way every day and so i'm so amazed right and so that's why that's why like i'm just always so filled with love and passion right because god is always giving new things all the time amen Who is God going to work through? I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> He's talking about the money that 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 God is showing him, and and you know, <laughs> talking to Aunt. Who's going? God going to work through? 
Okay, so the money itself doesn't need to get into my account by the end of this month. It just we just need a sign, right? That that is coming. That 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 just needs to be determined. Pastor, pastor, that. Pastor, uh, we have this deal in place, right? Right, right, right. Can you see greed? Just surfacing greed. <laughs> if by any chance he doesn't answer, then 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 God has to convince me why he didn't give. I mean, uh, but but you know if. God is the creator of the universe as long as he determines what could be the problem. Okay. Do you know you know that you're aware that the typhoon last week went through Japan instead of us, right? Who prayed? Who do you think prayed for this? Remember last week I prayed, right? Right, I prayed that that the north, that the southerly winds would come from the north and push the typhoon typhoon a little bit south, right? And I was amazed. That's exactly what happened, right? There was a southerly wind that came from. I didn't I didn't say to send it to Japan, but I did say to send it south southward. And so according to meteorology, right, like, right, right, th these kinds of southerly winds don't just come out of nowhere. It, it takes time. It takes usually about a period of 10 days, but it just came overnight. I, I'm not a meteorologist, but, but in order for a typhoon to be moved off course, right, there needs to be meteorological factors happening beforehand, but it just moved. And, and so, you know, these various pressures, the, these these pressure, uh, high pressure from Tibet start to push uh, in a different way. And so, look, the important thing isn't science. The important thing is, is it God's will or not? And so really, brothers, it needs to be more comfortable for you to live from the perspective of heaven. You look at your, you look at your pastor. I do not appeal to the world. I do not consider the world. I do not look to the world. I don't need to. It's about God. If God says okay, then, then then why do I need to try to persuade people? Why do I need to convince people? I don't need to appeal to them. That if God is the one, right? And so why? Why leave this great God and try to uh, build up popular favor, right? That's not the thing. And so look, let's turn to verse 15. Verse 15, he proclaims. He's proclaiming. And the proclamation here is important. Look. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all these commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And so look, what is the law for mankind? Is that if you are disobedient to the word of God, then this curse will come upon you. And so look at how simple Christianity is. All you have to do is this, obey. If you obey, then you then no curses have anything to do with you. But the foolishness of mankind is that look. They think that so many factors cause hardship in their life. But look at the Bible. For example, it's like this. Is your life ruined because you lack money? 
Is it because someone is holding you down? Is it because someone isn't doing something for you? Right? Mankind gives so many reasons. But look at the Bible. The Bible says only one thing. Okay. Uh, as you're well aware, Charles III became king of England, right? And and you know what? I'm so I have such great pity for him. Look at how worried he looks. Look at how anxious he looks. He is the king, and the king should be happy, right? And yet everyone is is waiting for him, or is looking at him in anxiety. And so look at Psalms. Look at Deuteronomy. Why do people fall into despair? Why do people fear? It's because they do not obey the word of God. Look at how clear this is. is the, the Bible doesn't say that, oh, it's because you lack money that you are cursed. That, that, oh, it's not because something didn't give to you. It's not because you are not smart enough. It's not because you're not intelligent enough. It's not because you do not have a back, good background. What does God say? That you are disobedient to the word of God and you do not take... Uh, and you do not uh, uh, keep his hear the obey the voice of God. And so, look at how simple this is. It's one of two things. If you are obedient to the word of God, happiness comes over you, right? And so, look. Why are you unable to repent? It's because you think that there is such a diverse source of your curse. You think that there's such a, a wide variety of why you are having hardships. If you acknowledge that it's all because of disobedience, then you would repent, right? Oh, it's because I don't have money. It's because my dad was a was a pauper. It's because I I went to the wrong church. It's because I I live, right? But look at what it says here. This is clear, right? And so look, life is simple. All I have to do is be obedient. That if I'm if I'm obedient, that's all it is, right? And so. And so the source of all curse is what? Is disobedience. Disobedience. This is the principle. This is the principle. There is no other thing. And so, and so if you will not obey the Lord or be careful to do all His commandments, these, these verbs are all written in the imperfect tense. Not that, oh, if I commit it once, then the curse comes upon me. No, rather... That, that I am continually going in this uh, unbelief, right? In our terminology, continue living in the flesh. And because you can constantly live in that flesh, that flesh gets stronger and stronger and stronger that this curse comes upon you. It's not because you committed one sin once that the curse comes upon you. No. Remember that you have the right to repent. Even Israel before Jesus Christ had the, had the privilege of repentance and through repentance continually going towards God. But because they keep forsaking God, because they keep forsaking the glory of God as they live that life, as, as it builds and builds and builds, the curse comes, right? And so from this perspective, in some sense, you should get a bit of security. And yet at the same time, and yet, at the same time, you cannot say that, oh, ha, what's the level, right? 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 Where's the line that I can't cross? But, but that's the wickedness of man, right? To some person, it may be once. It may be instantaneous, right? And so, so don't try to tiptoe between that line. But just look. Just accept that this curse is coming from that state of disobedience, that state of the flesh.
and so right from New Testament perspective, right, the Holy Spirit is inside of you and the Holy Spirit's groaning and you're ignoring that. You're forsaking it. You're turning your back on it. And so and so that's why, as I say, if you're continually sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you will not treat sin lightly. That you will not easily just enjoy the things of the world. You will not easily just, just fall to the things of the world, right? You can't live that way. That if you live by the Spirit of God, you will not easily receive the things of the world so simply like that. Okay, why do you think we don't have television in our church? It's not because it's not because we're trying to get rid of our television sets. No, if you live by the Holy Spirit, you will not easily just fall into the things of the world, right? Right? It's not possible if you're living by the Holy Spirit. Why are none of you saying amen? Right? Say amen, amen. And so this proclamation here is in verse 15. And then from verse 16, we're talking about uh, personal curses, uh, right? Individual curses. And so the important thing here is that, look, Israel is not about the individual, right? It's not about an individual. It's not, you're not believing these things separate. It's the same thing to the church. But each individual, uh, they're... The responsibility of their individual curses is upon the shoulders of the community, right? And when one individual is blessed, the community is blessed. Okay, and so Achan was the one who sinned, and yet Israel was held responsible. It's the same thing for the church. Why is each individual so important? Because each, why is each individual being waited for? Why is each individual uh, being expected? Because, because we are one community, right? And and I wait, I wait, right? I'm I'm a professional at waiting. I've been waiting for people for 15 years, 15 plus years. I keep waiting. If if they can't do, what can I do? I just gotta keep waiting, keep praying. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we wait? Because we are a body, right? We are a community. And so, even now, these 450, I don't even think we, we are 450. So many people have left the church, right? So many people have left the church. Okay, but, you know, to be clear, I'm not the one who kicked them out. Okay, I didn't kick them out. Okay, listen carefully. Listen carefully. Anyways. And so... Oh, really? We only have 450 left. Now, I know that... I, I do understand that many people are still having children, so we still have some people left, but still, only 450 left. Someone got born last week, right? Right, Tongok. Deacon Tonguk had his second daughter, Heji. Your wife is 39 years old. Then you can still have three more, right? She's 39, so she can have maybe three more. Okay, now that you know you have two daughters, you need two sons, right? And also because Chie is, is, is strong, she can have lots of children still.
bought here. Because she's fat? It's not because she's fat. <laughs> <laughs> 등치가 커서 uh, because she's big boned <laughs> because she's got a big back <laughs> but anyways ah because she's hail oh that's a good word hail <laughs> because she's hail anyway so <sighs> And so the community is in each individual and each individual is in the community. And so, so the curse of an individual, the responsibility is borne by the community because the church is a life, right? It's not going to leave rot alone, right? Because it's life, it cannot treat that rot alone. And so remember, excommunication isn't cutting off the rot. That's not what excommunication is about. Excommunication is about life. It's about life, right? Because, because think about it. Rot, if, if you leave gangrene, it's going to spread, right? It's going to spread. And so, so that's why this, this being of the church is so important. Many of you finally are starting to understand the importance of that. For the, such a long time, many of you didn't understand that, but now you are finally getting it. And so, and so look, th this is really important. Though, though these individual um, curses are being proclaimed, and yet the responsibility is, is to the community. And so 17, or 16 to 19, this is individual. Right? Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Curses shall be your basket and your netting bowl. Curses shall be the fruit of the womb and the fruit of your granny. Curses shall you be. And so look. Because you are a king, you live by the dignity of the king, right? You, but conversely, if you lose that dignity, then what's, what is it? You are a beggar, right? So look. And so no matter how successful you may be in Babylon, right? We have doctors here, right? We have businessmen here. Whatever you may be doing. You are noble, right? But if you do not live by the kingdom of heaven, then all you are is just a fancy beggar, right? Just a little bit more fancy than the beggar who doesn't have anything. Because ultimately, what is Babylon? Babylon is beggar. They are ultimately all living, begging off the world, right? And so we all need to live by the kingdom of heaven, all live by the dignity that comes from the kingdom of heaven. We are not someone who needs to receive the acknowledgement of Babylon. We are acknowledged by the kingdom of heaven. That's what that's the that's the identity that you need to live by. That's the principality principle that you need to understand as members of Yoban Church. And as I've been proclaiming this word for the past 20 years, it's been hazy, right? It's been hazy. But now it must be clear that if we live by Babylon, that you are a beggar, right? The coronavirus says uh, during the coronavirus, don't go to church because you're going to spread the uh, spread the pandemic. But but as children of God, can you live by that command? How can you not worship, right? God, whose command is greater? And this is going to become more clear, right? As children of God. We rule over the world. We do not submit to the rules of the world, right? I say this all the time to you businessmen, right? That you need to always be in control. That you always need to be in control. Do not sell your rights to any other uh, co company. That it, because it, at any time, if God doesn't want it, you need to be able to not do it. But because they lose the dignity of being a king, they live as beggars. They live begging, begging, begging.
And because because you keep living by Babylon, that greed gets stronger, that greed gets stronger, and you live by the world, and you need to keep compromising with the world. You need to keep compromising, keep compromising. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says complete separation, right? First Corinthians 6, can darkness and light go together? Can dark and lightness go together? Can life and death go together? And that's why it says do not mix between, do not mix between believers and non-believers, right? And, and, and that separation is even more intense in the Old Testament, right? Gentiles and Israel are completely separate, right? Why? Why is this? Because if you have the nobility of Israel, then Babylon is nothing, right? Babylon is, is completely separate. And so, and so how does the world um, corrupt Israel? They couldn't just conquer them and, and, and force them into slavery. And yet, what do they do? They pollute them. They pollute them. They dirty them, right? 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 Cancer... Okay, cancer can, can cancer spreads me, but ultimately, what does that cancer do? It kills itself, right? Because it kills you. It's killing itself because it's dependent on you to survive. That's the same thing that's going on with the world. That's the same thing that's going on with the devil, right? The world is polluting you, but but ultimately the world will die because you die because you are king. But anyways, and so let's continue. Okay, uh, what we see here is that the individual and the community do not go separately. They are hand in hand. They go together. The individual is in the community. The community is in the individual. As we see, a piece of coal on itself is nothing. But when they come together, they bring up a fire, right? A powerful fire. And so, right, what does Jesus say at the end? What does he? What the, what is his last will? Is that let them be one as you and I are one, right? That that it's about unity. You do not need to be the same, but you need to be united, right? And one plus one doesn't equal two, but one plus one equals a thousand, ten thousand, right? And that's what we're seeing, right? We we see all the time, and. We see that with the with even the youth of our church all the time, right? That 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 we're always worried about them, thinking that will they ever amount to something? But then we send them out into the world, and and they turn Malaysia upside down. They turn all these kinds of things upside down. So even though right now they're not praying and their their faces, I'm not sure if they're dozing off or not. Even if they look like that, when we send them out into the world. This generation, this glorious generation are going to be the leaders of this nation, right? They're going to be leaders of the future. I'm I'm lifting you up and you guys don't say amen, say amen. Verse 20. 
the Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration. Uh, okay, so until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. What is evil? Evil is living for the self. Evil is living self-centered, right? What is wickedness? Wickedness is self-selfishness. And because they have lived for themselves, they lose God. They forsake God. This becomes clear. Because they are self-centered, you live by Babylon. You live by this slave mentality. And you live by your greed. And so ultimately, you have to serve idols. And so you try to use God. So what is the wickedness of Israel? It's when syncretism, right? Syncretism. Even though they say Abba Father, oh, sorry, sorry, one moment. Okay, it's because their brain remembers who God is, but but look at look. And so, though they may say Abba Father, they are serving Baal. Because the brain remembers that God, right? But but the spirit is different. The spirit, whatever you treat as life is what you are serving. And so though you may be saying Yahweh, God, God, and Jesus Christ, but if, you're, if you consider, if money is your life, then that is the God that you are serving, right? And so if you do not treat God as your life, then the power and majesty of His name has already been lost to them. And spirit is this sense is, is sensitive in this way. And so, so the devils know really clearly that is this guy using the name of Jesus Christ because he truly believes in that name of Jesus Christ? No, the devil is, is very sensitive and clearly can tell them. And so if you if you are confused, if you are not sure, if you have doubt, then I'll send you somewhere. I'll, I'll show you where you can where you can uh, test it out. And so look, on account of the evil of the evil of your deeds, you have forsaken me. And this is the principle. Principle that if you if your evil deeds is because you have forsaken God. Because your relationship with this one God is, is, is cut off that you commit evil deeds. And so when you're cut off from this one God, it means that to you, there are multiple gods. And so ask yourselves, when was the last time your prayer has been answered? If God is your one God, then he would answer your prayers every day. Every day, everywhere you go, He's answering your prayers. Why? Because He is your only God. And that if I don't have Him, I cannot live. And God knows that. And so He's going to continually answer your prayers, constantly keeping up for you. But why are your prayers not being answered? Because, because even though you pray, you solve it yourself. I'm not saying that that's all of you, but but that there are people like this. And what that means is that this God is no uh, that to you, God is no longer the only God. That there is that God is one. And so look at how important prayer is. Even Deuteronomy chapter four, we see. That 
that how great are you, Israel, that God has given you this great word, right? What is the scale of this word? The scale of this word is dominion over the universe. And that dominion is in this word. And that means that they have received this word, that they that they have that dominion. This is why it's so important that you eat this word. And then another thing that's important is, is that when you pray, when you call out how near our God is, what other great nation is there? And so, so look, prayer, even from this perspective, prayer is, if you do not pray, you cannot know the scale of God. And so, this is what it is. Prayer is, is that like God may want may want a, a corporation, right? But but you are always praying as if it's like a mom and pop store. It's as if it's the corner store. Right? And and so so this is this is the the critical error that many people have that when they don't pray, because their scale doesn't get up to the scale of God. It says that 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 what great nation is there that when they pray that their God is so near to them. And so why do you not pray if you believe in this word? If you believe in this word, why not pray? God has given this amazing proclamation that what great nation is there that, that has a God so close to them? Listen carefully, brothers. Israel, being a king, means that, that you are accountable to only one thing, and that is the king. And so you need to call out to him and be approved by him. It's not about doing something in this life, but just crying out to him. And look at my life. My life, as, I mean, I know that as a pastor, maybe I have that, that, that distinction. And, but what you need to understand is that I live this way even as a lay member. Honestly, the only place that I go out, outside of the church is maybe the, the health, the, health uh, the gym, right? The gym. Even ministry, right? Like, I'm just seated in my office, right? Whether it's in Africa or China, right? I can minister from here and still cast out demons. I can um, pray for healing. There, there's a pastor in China who has depression, and, and I pray. I, I, I minister to him. I, I cast out that demon because depression is always from a demon. And so... So right, like right, because as as children of God, we transcend space and time. So why do I need to go to China? Right, I can minister from here. And so look, we do not live by works. Do not live principled on works. Okay, we are not servants. We are not slaves to live by works. What does what are works supposed to be? Works is supposed to be a manifestation of your faith. That when I have faith, that that works comes together. The works itself is not what's important. Now, what I'm saying is that if you lack faith, you shouldn't work, right? Like the work should come out of your faith. I'm not saying the work itself is bad. The, what I'm trying to put focus on is faith.
If you live with based on works without faith, then you are living a life of Babylon. It's about that faith, okay? And so, continue. Continue. And so the Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do. And so confusion is ta is talking about um, going against God. And so, so like when they when they are in this state, then what is Israel? Israel is an enemy to God. That Israel becomes an enemy to God. And so this is what happens when the flesh is victorious. God, Lord respects Israel so much. God respects Israel so much. And yet, what does the world do? It makes them an enemy. And so curses, confusion, and frustration and all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds. And so, now of course, this, this curse doesn't come instantaneously to the, thing, to the people of this world, right? This, this is talking about Israel. And so, and so what is evidence of God's love for Israel is He keeps guarding their holiness right he's protecting their holiness if if you are constantly um going towards the world and god just leaves you alone that means you have nothing to do with god but let's say that you are acknowledged by god and you are falling into the world then god is going to um discipline you right god is going to bring hardships upon you so that he can turn you back right And so understand what Israel is and, and, and what does it mean to be Israel. And so, anyways, and so verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take in possession of. And so from here, we continually talk about pestilence and plague. But that in itself is not what's important, but right through, through those things, you are destroyed. And so the coronavirus itself is not important, but through coronavirus, are you going to be destroyed, right? And so are you going to stop worshiping because of the coronavirus? And so look, this pestilence itself is not important, but the thing is, is that these pestilence cannot cause your destruction and yet it's causing your destruction. The pestilence itself is not the curse. The lack of money itself is not the curse. But the curse comes upon you, and so even whether you have money or not, you are cursed, right? And so look, Israel is not going to be doomed because of lack of money, right? Okay, Israel, look, uh, they had no weapons during this time, and yet did they win the battle or not? They won, right? It's not about their weapons. It's not about... It's not about uh, what they have, right? It's, 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 it's about is God's blessing upon them or not. Look at, look at this church, this tiny church, and yet we minister all over the world. Why? Why are we able to do so? Say, say it. Why? Because your pastor is so good looking, right? No, it's because God, God is with us. Amen? Because he is the master of the universe. He is the king of all kings, right? That he is one. God is one. He is the, our only God, right? That as long as we have him, we have everything. Amen? And so brothers, it's you who need to rise up, right? Brothers, you need to rise up. 
Do you know how sad it is that I am only taking women with me whenever I go and minister out into the world? It needs to be brothers, right? Brothers, we, we need to rise up, yes? Verse 22, the Lord will strike you with wasting disease and with fever, inflammation and fiery heat and with drought and with blight and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And so look, these plagues themselves are not the curse. They are discipline. And so as long as Israel is with God, these, these things cannot cause their doom, right? But it can be suffering, but the suffering is for them to be holy, right? It's a crucible for them to be refined. And so, the plagues, sufferings, persecutions of the world cannot be the source of your destruction, right? And look, in these end times, there's going to be sufferings that, that we cannot imagine. And yet, and yet, and, and we have to go through those, but, but they will not be the source of our destruction, amen? And coronavirus was a clear was a clear sign of that, wasn't it? Right, look at my look at my parents, right? My parents and my and my parents in law. They're so weak and, and as and they always look as if they're going to die the very next day. And yet they go through coronavirus. We thought that they were going to die then, they're still alive. And then we go through this uh, severe influenza uh, wave and we thought they were going to die then and they're still alive. See, look, the pestilence itself, it cannot be the curse. It is not the curse. Right? They go through all this hardship. Okay. Okay, my mother, she went through, she got, she was at 39 degrees, her fever went up so high, and we thought that she was going to die, but she, after one shot, she was already up and about. So the elderly of our church, you are amazing. You are all amazing. That whether it's Corona, you went through all of the various variants, the Delta, the Omega. You know, this recent wave of influenza, uh, 200,000 people died of, of, of that all over the world. And a lot of people died, actually. And yet, and yet, look at us. <laughs> we all caught that disease and we're all going through it. And yet, look, look at us. But anyways, verse 23. And the heavens over your head shall be bronze. Okay, and so uh, this is tied to verse 12, right? The Lord will open to you his good treasure in heavens and to give rain in your land. So look. 
prayer, right, is 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 a sign of blessing, right? And so, and so when you give up prayer, what you need to understand is that what you are giving up is your right as the priestly king. You are giving up the dignity of a priestly king, and you're losing the scale of God. <clears throat> Oh, I don't have time. I'm busy. Look, look, you are getting caught in this vicious cycle. That the more you pray, the more you need to see that 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 even though you are busy, you have time. Even though you are having hardships, you can break through, right? Right? What can you do when God doesn't move? What can you do when God is not with you? Right? And so that's why you need to pray. That's that's as you pray and pray and pray, the more you see God with you. And it becomes much more easier to live with God. The reason is because you keep not living that way that you keep appealing to the world. You keep trying to persuade people and trying to move the hearts of men. I'm not saying this as a pastor. I'm not saying this because pastors do this. No, I'm saying this as a Christian man. That as a Christian man, we need to pray and look to God and, and look for God to move. Right? Daniel living based on God? Don't think of this as some kind of amazing, extraordinary being. No, this is obvious as a child of God. Now, his... Now, the greatness of Daniel isn't the fact that he relied on God, but the greatness of Daniel that, that we should be amazed at is the fact that, that even though he had all these other sources of power, yet he turned to God, right? That, that is what's amazing about Daniel, not the fact that he turned to God. We need to live by God, right? What does it say? That he will open the treasury of heavens. He will open heavens to you. And so verse 24, 23, and the, and the heavens over your head shall be bronze and the earth under you shall be iron. So look at verse 11, or no, chapter 11, sorry, chapter 11. What is, what is Canaan? Uh, chapter 11, verse 12, that a land that the Lord your God cares for, the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it uh, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And so what is our philosophy of farming is to just sow the seed, just sow the seed. That when you just sow it, the rain comes the, and the ground bears fruit, right? Automatically. This is talking about the Sabbath, the rest, right? As it says in Mark 4, that when it becomes the good soil, the good soil takes the seed and the seed bears fruit of itself, right? That in its time, it bears fruit. And that's what it's about. It's about Sabbath and it's those who enter into the Sabbath who will live as remnant in this end times. And so it's about being the good soil, good soil. If you are good soil, there's nothing for you to do, right? But what? What does the land become? As we see in verse 28, what? The land becomes iron. That if it becomes iron, right, even even a paved road of dirt is it, it, there's seed doesn't plant, but if it's iron, there's nowhere for the word to enter. 
We need to be soil that is so supple that it, that it receives the weight of the seed. But, but if it's iron, it, it resists the seed, right? And so verse 24 is continuing on that idea. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder from heaven. Dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. And so now from verse 25 to sorry, 35, I think he said. Oh, 32. Because they are against God, the curses that come. And so... If you have a right relationship with God, then the circumstances of Babylon will not be important to you. It's about your relationship with God. And so remember, the circumstances of your world shouldn't be what moves you. Your conditions, your circumstances shouldn't be the reason why you move. For example, let's say that you don't have money and so you go to work because you don't have money. No, you should not allow your circumstances to be your engine, your driving force. If you have a right relationship with God, then Then, then, then you will not move based on the outside factors of Babylon, right? As we see in Acts, right? Even though Peter is going to is is destined to for the chopping block the next day, he doesn't fall into despair because he understands that every moment by moment he is under God's reign, under God's dominion. And this is the image of those who are children of God, right? Right? You who have dealt with death, right? the fleshly death does not scare you, right? And we have all gone through this fire of death, haven't we? And it's because that they are enemies to God that this curse is coming in. So as we see in verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and you shall be a whore to all the kingdoms of the earth. So look, as kings, it's supposed to be victorious all days. And it's not because they have something. It's not because they have weapons. No, because God is their victory. God is their victory that whenever they go, their enemies shall flee before them. And that's who the Israel should be. But and yet in verse 25, what do we see? That you shall go one way against them and flee seven ways before for them. Uh, verse 26, 27. And your dead body shall be the Lord will strike you with boils of Egypt and the tumors and scabs and itch. And so look, the uh, of which you cannot be healed. And so see, look, the problem isn't that they receive these boils. The problem isn't that they have this pestilence, but rather the problem is that they cannot be healed, right? Because who is Je Jehovah? Jehovah Rapha, right? God is our healer. And so look, let's say that we don't have money. That lack of money itself is not the problem. God is our healer, right? Whether he gives us money to heal that lack of money or he heals us so that we don't need that money, right? But the problem is, is that you cannot be healed. That's what's fearful. Look, during the time of coronavirus, right, the Delta variant, and then it changed to the Omega variant, and, and we, we faced it with boldness, right? We didn't care because God is our healer. And really, like, even this recent wave of, of the flu, uh, I, I, I caught it, right? The very first day, I went up to 37.5 degrees, and 
and so I was I was starting to burn up in fever and and yet and, and yet I want I start to live by the spirit right that right it didn't weigh me down even during the conference Verse 28, uh, the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion in mind. Now, this is a little bit of a problem. Look here. Even in the church these days, look, there's so many depressed pe people who are clinically depressed, right? These kinds of um, mental illnesses, this is proof that they are not with God, right? Because if you are living with God, you shouldn't have these kinds of mental disabilities, right? This mental uh, afflictions. Right, if you if you you should not lose hope and joy if you are with God, right? It cannot be taken from you by the things of Babylon. And so the fact that you have these kinds of mental illnesses means that that mental illness itself is not the curse. The curse is unbelief. Children of God should not be clinically depressed. Do not compromise with it. Depression is is unbelief. We need to rejoice always. Amen. Verse 29 And you shall grope at noonday As the blind gropes in darkness And you shall not prosper in your ways And you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually And there shall be no one to help you and So see look To Israel If they live by God who is one That no matter what kind of suffering No matter what kind of pestilence No matter what kind of warfare What kind of suffering may come Because he is our savior In that circumstance He can restore us at any time I talked about this during Babylon, right? Even though Israel was taken into captivity in Babylon, it's not because Israel is indebted to Babylon. It's not because they are weak to Babylon, but God sent them there. And so at any time when Israel returns to God, God can reclaim them, right? Look at how amazing this is. And so even during this time of Neo-Babylonian greatness, What did God say that to Habakkuk that that though the grass may wither and though the fig tree may not bear fruit, that 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 God can God, God is I will rejoice because of God, right? Because God can reclaim them at any time. That Israel, that's the glory of Israel, because He is our God and He is one. That no matter the circumstances, He is my Savior, right? He is my Savior. And so in this universe, that there's no power, no suffering, no hardship that can transcend the scale of this universe, right? And so as long as that is not there, right, He can heal you of all things. So look, this is really important, brothers. It's not because of our weakness. It's not because we are unable to do it. But rather, my relationship with God is that... That See, look, in Psalms, as David, what does he say? That the Lord, you are my strong tower. You are my fortress. Why can he make this confessions? Because God protects him 
And God is the only one who can protect him. God is the only one who can save him, right? And so he can reject the things of the world. He can reject it. That he doesn't have to appeal to that. He doesn't need to look to money. He does not need to look to the powers of the world. Because he knows that that's not where his position is. Okay, if I am a mathematic, if I am a professor of mathematics and I'm concerned with long equations of physics, I'm not going to uh, consult with an elementary student, am I? It's the same thing, right? I'm not going to take these complicated formulas and and go to an elementary student and consult with him. No, we need to consult with him who is, who, who is above us, right? That God alone is God, that he alone is my savior, he alone is my source and my provider, he alone is my healer, right? And this is the relationship that David had with his God. So he doesn't need to find salvation anywhere else. He doesn't need to look to anything else different circumstances, different conditions that, that my, my things, no, he doesn't need to look to those things and so this is because you lose your identity you lose who you are within your relationship with God that is the greatness of David is that he understood who he was to God so uh, your ox shall be slaughtered, uh, or wait, no, you shall betroth the wife, but another man shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your dog ye shall be seized before your face. You shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. And so look, all of these things is because of disobedience. They should, they deserve to live as priestly kings, but because they forsake God, they cannot live this way. And you may think to yourself, this doesn't characterize my life. No, no, look, look, what is this describing? This is describing a beggar. And so look, if you live by your, uh, if you live by your conditions, then those conditions will always bring new problems to you, right? Those circumstances around you will always bring new problems, right? But you, as, as, as priestly king, have the wherewithal, right? To, to, to let those problems just come, right? And so look, verse 34, so that you are driven mad by the sights that your eyes see. And so because your eyes are fixed upon those things, you are driven mad. Right? What does this mean? It means you are powerless to do anything about it. You can't help but see your children get ruined before your eyes. You can't help but see your things being taken from you. And so all you can't, you can't help but you're powerless to do anything. But that's not who Israel is supposed to be, right? That's what this is talking about. What else does it say? Uh, the Lord will strike you on the knees and on your left. Uh, no. That, so um, I don't know where this is because I cannot see anywhere we're talking about taking away your strength. But, but 
And so even though you lift up two hands, you cannot do anything. There's despair. That you cannot pray. And so you need to understand that this inability to pray is the greatest tragedy of all things. My relationship with God is being answered in my prayers multiple times a day. And, and that is true. That is, is your relationship. And so, so if you cannot receive answers, what greater tragedy is that? Okay, many of you um, justify the inability to pray. I'm busy. Um, I'm, I, 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 and so you justify these things. But there's no one who, who, has the, who has that right justification, right? We are not praying because of circumstances, because of conditions, but because of who we are to God and because of who God is to us. And so I said this to his sister yesterday. That that right now it's the season in the church to to deal with the problems but when persecution comes that all things will be open and if uh, sorry I, I one moment okay Ah, okay. Okay, so there's some of you who are able to survive here because of the being of the church. Because though you are not feeling the same way, though you are not receiving the same things, you are living on the merits of the church itself. But soon the season is coming where, where, where when the floodgates open, that, that only those who have that relationship will be able to persevere. Right? What great nation is there that when they cry out to their God, is their God so near like Israel? And so we need to pray, brothers. Okay, think about it. Right now, uh, you are able to live because I, I'm praying for you, right? But And the church, the being of the church. But shall we try? Shall we see? Shall we see what happens if I don't pray for you? Let's see. Right? Should I take one person as an example? No, but anyways, don't worry. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Okay. Okay. Verse 33. Huh? Oh, a nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and all your labors, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. So that you are driven mad by the sights that your eyes see? I thought we did this. Ah. Ah. Okay, sorry. Sorry, earlier we were on verse 32. While your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long, but you shall be helpless. And so this is the helpless, the the the, the strength of your hands. But anyways, oh, sorry, one moment. Give me a time. Give me a little bit to catch up. Um. So look, no matter what tragedy may come upon you, no matter what hardship may come upon you, if you are looking upon glory and looking upon God, then, it's, it, then you, you will be able to turn that 
grief to joy, right? But but if you're constantly looking at your circumstances, constantly looking at that as your conditions, then when that tragedy comes upon you, you lose hope. And there's going to be much more tragedy in this world, right? Much more tragedy, greater tragedies, right? And and so so look at Afghanistan or or all these kinds of things. There there are things that that you cannot imagine happening in this world. Such tragedy, right? And 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 so so. Anyways, let's continue. We're almost finished. We're almost finished. From thirty-six to forty-six. Okay, let's read this once, okay? Verse 36, The Lord will bring you and your king, whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone. These are all things that have been fulfilled to Israel, right? In Babylon, they were serving other gods. And, and so why do they love idolatry so much? Huh? And so... If you do not live by God and do not live by the things of God, this is what's going to happen. Right? Look, look at what Israel did, right? That we want meat, we want meat. And so so he sends quail, right? And 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 in the, that meat be, turns to dust, turns to ash in their mouth, right? I have I have this experience actually. Okay. I was raising a turtle, right? And it was growing well. And, and so I fed it and fed it and fed it. And then I didn't... I didn't purposely try to do this and what happened was as I was feeding it it stuffed its mouth so much of food that, that it got stuck in its throat and it died so so that's what so you know that's what I'm talking about like this this quail meat turning into ash in his mouth but and so and you shall become a horror, a proverb, and a byword among the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. And so, so they're becoming like this, 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 this mocking of the nations, right? That, that, that. What do you mean, you're a chosen people, right? Right. That. that like what did your chosenness result to you, right? It resulted in your death. That that that's that's like the mocking that that is being described here, right? That you shall become a horror, a proverb, and a byword among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. In verse thirty-eight: You shall carry much seed into the field, and shall gather in little, for the locust shall consume it. So see, they fail in everything that they do. And so Israel, if they don't have a relationship with God, if their relationship with God is broken, they cannot do anything. And yet that's the glory and the nobility of Israel is that, that no matter what, that if they are with God, right, you should plant. Is he reading? Yes. Okay, verse 41. So we see that they're continually failing, right? 
And you shall have all the trees of your territory, and you shall not anoint yourselves with the oil. You shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. And so see, look, all this kind of fear, right? We are on verse 41, 42, 40, 40, 41, right? You shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall be taken into captivity. So what's the blessing of Israel, right? What, um, right, that your, your faith will will bless your generations after you, right? This is something that idols cannot do. Right? That God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my God because he is God of the living. He blesses your children, right? We see this in Hosea chapter 4 as well. That because Israel was cursed by God, that, that even your children are cursed, right? Israel is supposed to be the priestly kings, but the fact that their children are unable to be priestly kings, what does that mean? That means that they have been cut off from that kingly line. We need to live by that nobility, by that dignity. And so even when we raise our children, that's what it needs to be, right? As, as I say to our community, what is the goal of Ensip? The goal of Ensip is not so that they could be smart. The goal of Ensip is to so that they can be holy and know the reign of God, know the dominion of God. That, that that they will reign over this world through the reign of God, right? They do not need the things of the world, okay? And so, brothers, you need to raise their faith, not their intellect. Okay, look, intellect can be raised at any time, right? Their, their, their skills can be raised at any time. Right? Look at look at me. I... I, I I'm, I did not study well throughout my schooling and yet look at me right now, right? Like the intellect that comes with relationship with God, right? The wisdom that comes with relationship with God. Okay, uh, Pastor Lee will be coming on the 28th from England. Verse 44. He shall lend to you and you shall not lend to him. Because, verse 49, the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away in the end of the earth, Supi. Uh, down like the, the eagle, a nation whose language you. Wait, huh? Okay, but uh, if you are continuing in disobedience, this is how God is going to attack you. And so, in the name of Jesus, I cast out all the spirit of unbelief. Amen. Okay, so 49.50. I'm sorry, one moment. I'm a little bit lost. Okay, um, actually, uh, how severe is this famine these days is that America, uh, their entire agricultural industry has lost um, a lot of money that this past year. I, I didn't hear the exact number, but... And yet, look... And then also, you know, uh, the world is concerned with with global warming that glaciers are melting but look look these though the world is talking about this as a crisis to us it's a blessing right because 
because of the melting of these glaciers, there's now land to farm uh, in 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 the Manchuria area, right, or in the Ru in northern Russian area, and so. So look, I, I mean, I'm I'm just giving an example of how like one man's bless one man's curse is another man's blessing. But anyways, uh, anyway, so verse um, 45, 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, because of the abundance of all things. So look, because of the abundance of all things, what does this mean? That this is talking about the image of Israel when they live by the kingdom of God. In the wilderness, during the time of the tent booth of David, the tent of David, Israel was abundant with all things, right? And so look, the important thing isn't about whether you earn lots of money or not. The important thing is, is that you are living by the kingdom of heaven, right? And so if you live by the kingdom of heaven, there is no poverty in your life. What is this poverty? This poverty is not talking about money, but talking about you will not die because of the things you lack, right? Right, like because of malnourishment, right? I'm not talking about malnourishment, right? Uh, uh, look at how many people die because of malnourishment, right? How many people are suffering because of malnourishment? But if you live by the kingdom of heaven, what this is talking about is that you have the abundance, the riches of the kingdom of heaven of God. And so, if you are worried about what you're eating, drinking, what you're wearing, that means you do not know by the live, you do not live by God. Right? What is God? God says, do not worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, but seek first the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to see this when the time of poverty comes. Right? Look at, I use Argentina as an example all the time. Argentina is crazy right now, right? That, that, Inflation is uh, there. It's runaway inflation in Argentina, and right, we get we go crazy even just eight percent, right? But eight percent inflation rising up, but 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 in in Argentina is upwards in seventy percent, and, and there's such great poverty in the world, right? We we see this, uh, but look, look, the important thing is, is, is see this, Israel. If they live by God, they will be rich, right? Uh, look at the time of the wilderness, right? For 40 years, right? Did they worry about their clothes? Did they worry about their sandals, even though they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years? But when you do not live with that relationship with God, even though you have these riches, you still complain, right? Look at Israel, how deceived they were, how how deluded they were, that, that they were slaves in Egypt. When did they enjoy meat in Egypt? They didn't, and yet they said that they, they, have, they have meat. And so even though God was fulfilling all their needs, they complain, they grumble and complain. And so it's the same thing spiritually that's going on. The failure is not the failure of what you lack. The failure is the kingdom of heaven upon you. And so this famine is not coming upon you because of the lack of things, because of the failure of things. It's the kingdom of heaven, right? It's about the kingdom of heaven. Is that reign under you? Are you under that dominion? And so, and so because, and so though Israel was living in the kingdom of heaven, though they were surrounded by riches because they did not live by the kingdom of heaven, though they were surrounded by riches, they thought that they were poor.
And so remember, even I use this testimony all the time, right? That that uh, when I started my ministry, we were so poor that that I could not buy my wife a bowl of noodles that that what she wanted and yet we were our refrigerator was always filled with meat was filled with various kinds of meat and so really when i look back at my life i know that i had a lot of hardships and yet when i really reflect on it when i reflect on it you know like i was blessed i i, I am blessed right and so so look, it's all the grace of God. But in that grace, I lived by the kingdom of heaven. There was never a moment where, where, where I felt like uh, that I could not feed my children. There was never a moment that I, that I had such hardships that, that, that I had to cry out in, in terror. Now, I mean, we did have hardships. I'm not saying that we had no hardships. But, but so the important thing is, is, are you living by the kingdom of heaven? If you're living... By the kingdom of heaven. Look, so this is the reign of God. This is the dominion of God. If you... And so all your suffering, your hardships, your persecution is because of the failure of the kingdom of heaven, not because of the failure of other things. If God's dominion is over you and God is standing over you, He's reigning over you, He's not going to just let you go into captivity, just going to let you uh, suffer. No. And so, so it's the failure of the kingdom of heaven. And so when you see that kind of suffering, when you see that kind of persecution, that's what you need to recognize. Ah, the kingdom of heaven maybe fail, is failing inside of me. And so, look, God never purposely gave me suffering. See, um, God doesn't just treat me willy-nilly, right? Like, he, he's... As is not never once did he like just lead me somewhere and then just give up right or just just give up give up no no right it's not because of my nobility no but because of God what he's given us right but if you don't pray you cannot recognize this dignity you cannot recognize this this nobility And so I do not lose sight of that 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 I must receive the answer. Right? Because what is the promise? The promise says is is ask whatever it is in my name and you will receive it. He has given me this promise. Then how why would I give up after just one prayer, right? That means you are um, looking down on God's promise. You are looking down on who God is. You are you are looking down on the character of God. And so even though they are rich, they are complaining. And so because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Right? In Isaiah 65, in the new Jerusalem it was 
built on joy, right? And God's kingdom, the essence of God's kingdom is joy. So it's not about what Babylon gives you, doesn't give you. As long as I have the relationship with God, I'm filled with joy. Nothing of this world can take that joy from me. Because you have received this life, this life of salvation that's, that transcends this world. What can this world do to take that joy from you? It cannot do anything. And so even just from the perspective of salvation, this would be evident. This is self-evident. And so you need to understand that if you lose your joy, that is dangerous unbelief. Right? This is the reason why the Bible says in 360 separate occasions to rejoice. And so whenever we find ourselves losing the joy, look, the problem is with you. And so what does that mean? That means we repent. That's, that's it's as simple as that. Repent, repent, repent. And so living by the kingdom of heaven is 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 objective or not, not objectifying um but making absolute the standards of god right that that god's bible his word is the absolute standard is the only standard and so this word here uh you did not serve the lord this word is the word worship right worship and so because god has blessed you you can't help but worship god and so the failure of the kingdom of heaven is the failure of worship. And so look at yourself. In our community, whether you can see it or not, God's kingdom is here. As it says in Hebrews 12, right, that, that the kingdom of heaven covers over the church in the worship, right, the worship. And so the closer you come to God, you, will, you are worshipers. Right, as it says in Ephesians 4.11, right, that, 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 uh, that, that all of this service, all of this is for what is to be worshippers of God. Worshippers, right, that, that's the image of the community, is a gathering of worshippers. And so you need to pray that the worship is not taken from you, right? Verse 48. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lacking everything and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. And so because they reject the dominion of God, they are under the dominion of, of, of the world. And what is that? That is slavery. Uh, as we see in right, Romans 8, that, that, that Jesus Christ has, has, that we are no longer indebted to the flesh because Jesus Christ has repaid the debt. And so, uh, but if you reject that, then you are, you are yoked by the world. And so you need to believe this, right? The spirit needs to continually be loosened and lightened, be unburdened, right? Chanim. <sighs> <sighs> Live by the Spirit. Okay, live by the Spirit, brothers. So verse 49, The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like the eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand. And so, like the eagle is, is, is representing wickedness. What is wickedness? Wickedness is fast and rapid and, 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 and ferocious, right? And so, and so for... So Israel to be victorious against this eagle, what do they need to be? We see 
right? What is the definition of Babylon in, in Habakkuk? They are rapid and quick to anger, right? But And so Israel cannot be quick. Why? Because they need to wait for God and look to God and receive from God and consider God. And so they cannot be rapid. They cannot be quick. But can we be powerless? No, we cannot be powerless. Why? Because God is the source, right? God is the source, and so we are not powerless. And so what is Israel's victory? How do they live? They live by God. And what else? Huh? Okay, but another way for uh, Christians to be victorious is to be more wicked than the world. Right, because, look, if, if the world... Right, look at the world. The world doesn't have to tithe their money. So if you want to be rich, right, then a Christian who has to tithe has to be more ferocious and more ruthless in their business dealings in order to be richer than the world, right? And he, he's, he's making a joke and he's kind of being sardonic, bitterly sarcastic. But, but um, yeah, so he's being bitterly sarcastic. So, you know, like, right, that, that another way for a Christian to survive in this world is to be more wicked than, than the world. But... But so look, look, all the enemies of Israel use the eagle as their standard, right? Assyria, um, Babylon, Persia, uh, Greece, Rome, right? Is they're all e they all use eagles as their standard. So look carefully, like this eagle can represent our enemy, but it could also represent us. But uh, the evil. So you got to look carefully at the eagle. Is it is it representing our enemies or is it representing us? Okay. Verse fifteen. We're almost finished. Verse fifty. A hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. So this is talking about Babylon itself. It's all the same to Assyria as well. It also applies to Assyria, right? That they are wicked nations, wicked nations amongst all the all the Sumerians, right? That that they are people who sacrificed pregnant women, right? Sacrificing the fetuses that were in the pregnant women. And so no longer is it talking about death of individuals, but death of nations, right? Genocide is what is what is what's being described. This kind of tragic uh, nations. And so if we do not look to God, we cannot survive, right? Because because of the level of, of the of this ferocity, right? Oh, Chunim. <sighs> and look at how hardened the world is getting. When I was young, right, when someone died of a car accident, that was front page news. But now now it needs to at least be like 3,000 people dying or 30,000 people dying for it to make the front page of the newspaper. Look at how hardened the world is becoming. Verse 51, It shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall not leave you grain, wine, or oil, the increase of your herds or the young of your flock until they have crushed you to perish. So how grateful are we that our, does this curse apply to us? No. Right, he is our fortress. He is our stronghold. He is our. He he protects us. He heals us, and he has proclaimed this victory to us. And so, hallelujah! And so, let's give all the glory to God.
Verse 52, they shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted. And so Lachish comes to down, right? Comes down throughout all your land and you shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all your land. And so we need to serve God and God is our strength. But but because we keep looking to other things, we rely on money. We, that money becomes a source of our downfall. We rely on women to, to, up, to build ourselves up and that women becomes the source of our downfall. God needs to be the source of our strength. Amen. And so it's the same thing when you raise your children. Do not take the place of God to your children. You need to keep teaching them to rely on God. Teach them to look to God. Teach them to rely upon God. But if you keep trying to provide for your children, if you keep trying to be the source, the pillar of your of your of your children, you will see the the meat of the quail turn at to ash in in their mouth, right? Pray for them. Don't pro, uh, don't just provide for them. Pray for them. Verse fifty-three. Uh, and you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall destroy. So, from verse fifty-three, we see there the next generation crumbling. So, look, what we, what do we need to see? Who is Israel? As children of God, trouble. What you eat, the the nourishments of your life, of basic life, is not. Huh? Sorry, one moment. Sorry. Um. Okay. So trouble, suffering, persecution is not. Uh, why does he jump like that? Um, so look at this famine, right? This famine that's going on all over the world. So many people are dying. And we are seeing the fulfillment of this prophecy. But look at Israel for 40 years in the wilderness, just as they did not worry about, worry about what they will eat and drink and where children of God in this time of great famine they do not need to uh, worry about their what they eat they drink and they wear God will take responsibility for your basic needs right if God cannot take care of your basic needs why trust in that God why believe in that God why serve that God is that God a master of the universe is that God king of all kings and yet why is this failing in your life because you're not living by God not because God's not providing it it's because you are not living by God now so look like you may complain right my children are not going down the right path Look, but as children of God, that's not going to define them, right? That they... And so... Oh, sorry. Um, look, don't treat lightly your children failing, right? Like um, the curses upon your children. Don't treat it lightly. You need to repent deeply regarding things like that. 
So if you want to raise your son well, then what do you need to do? You need to be holy, right? You need to be holy. Okay, did you do theology? That I think you're, you're going to be a pastor, right? Really? You don't have the basics, right? You don't have the basics. important look who is Israel who is Israel that 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 they have to go through such high standards <sighs> what verse are we on uh, 54 the man who is the most tender and refined among you will be will begrudge food to his brothers, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of the children whom he has left. So that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating. Verse 56, The most tender and refined woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender will begrudge to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter. Her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears because lacking everything she will eat them secretly in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns. And this prophecy has, has happened many times. Right? We see this in Masada. Right? We see all kinds of distress like this in history. Right, And this prophecy will continue to, to bear uh, throughout throughout the nations, right? Because that's how much distress is going to come upon people. And this is not talking about unbelievers, but to Israel. And so, look, again, I ask you, who is Israel? If you were to know beforehand that this is the cost of being chosen, would you choose to be chosen? If you knew these curses... So really, 31 years ago, as I met with God, I said to God, I do not want to be a pastor. As after seeing, receiving the word of Malachi, knowing that this there is no greater curse than being a pastor. So I'm not going to be a pastor. And yet, look, Israel, the church. Why do they have to go through this great tragedy? Why does God allow this tragedy to befall upon His people? Why? Why? What is it? Is it because God is so angry with them? So the tragedy itself is not the focus. The focus is the glory that Israel has been given. The nobility. The great love that God has given. There's nothing to replace it. It cannot be compared with anything. And yet they sold it. And so it's obvious that this curse should be upon them. So look, the focus is not on the curse. The focus is on this great honor, this great glory, this amazing love that cannot be compared to anything, that is second to nothing, that you are trading it for such cheap things. 
And so this curse coming upon Israel, look, the, if you look at the curse itself, you can never understand. But if you see the glory that has been given to Israel and you understand what that Israel is, and this is something that I've continually repeated throughout, throughout, right? If attending church was all, then wow, I'd be amazed if you just even tithe. But if that's if that's what it means to be Christian, then I'd rather go to a Buddhist temple. But it's about glory. It's not. It's not religious. Um, um, religious um, rites and and traditions. It's not practice, but. But, but the glory, what is the church? If you know what the church is, as the early church, that is so obvious to be martyred, to, to, to die for the faith because you know that glory. And I'm not saying this easily. I'm not saying it for granted. But if you know what the glory of God is, then, 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 then this curse that has befallen Israel is so obvious because they have forsaken this glory. And so, brothers, you need to have uh, clear determinations. You really need to count the cost. Okay, look, brothers, if, 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 you, if you cannot see this glory, then look, as I said, go to a Buddhist temple. Or even if you don't go to a Buddhist temple, there's so many churches out there, right? So many churches that have great buildings filled with orchestra that look glorious, right? Where you can see like this kind of awesome splendor, right? There's so many churches out there like that. Go there if, if, if you cannot see that glory. Because what does it mean to live in holiness? It's not about those things. Okay, and so living by God in one perspective is easy, but from another perspective is difficult. But look, it's not actually difficult. Why is it difficult? Like Israel living in your own strength, even though you're in this amazing presence of God, this terrifying presence of God, though you are hearing His voice and seeing this amazing, terrifying God, and He is speaking directly to you. Israel saw that glory, and they, and they should know that there was nothing that could replace that. And it's the same thing to us. That glory is in you. And, and as you've been here in Yobang Church, all these miracles of the Bible, amazing signs and wonders, you have been witnesses to them, right? Almost all of them in the Bible. You have directly witnessed them. And so look. So look, Yobang Church members. You have all been saved. You have all received the Holy Spirit, right? And so to you, you need that. that uh, what can replace that glory, right? Raise your hand if you're going to trade this glory for abundance of food, abundance of what to wear, right? And so to Israel who has turned their back on this glory, Right, that that this 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 curse is obvious. Now I cannot say that they deserve it, but 
I can say, I can understand why, right? That's, and so look at the heart of God, why he has to uh, do this. And so from that perspective, we can understand. So now verse 58 to 68, he's just once again confirming Okay, the law. and so if you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. And so look, we're turning the glory back to God. Why do they return the glory? Because they received the glory. Because they received that love. And so of course they're going to return it to God. And so if you are not living for glory, then that means you have not yet received glory. I'm sorry to say, why are you doing business? Because of glory. Why are you studying? Because of glory. Now, because you have received that glory, you live for that glory, right? That's the relationship that must be clear. If you're still attending church for your works, then please, please go to a Buddhist temple. Please. Whatever we do, it's for glory. Okay, and so that uh, so that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, and because you see his glory, of course you will fear him, right? You will revere him. Fear, worship and glory cannot be separated. You see that glory, and you see, so you worship. And if you fear him, there's nothing in this world that you will what fear, right? So for the past 32 years, I can say that boldly, that I have never feared anything in this world. I feared Him alone. So verse 59, Then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sickness grievous and lasting. So if you do not fear the Lord of God and you lose that glory, this, this curse is upon you. And He will bring upon you again all the disease of Egypt of which you were afraid and this shall cling to you. And so in chapter 4, it says that we are, um, we are uh, clinging to God, right? But if we do not cling to God, these disease and sicknesses that we are afraid of will cling to us, right? So let us rely on God and God alone. God's word is absolute. And so do not uh, account for your life apart from God. No matter what you do, no matter what you may attempt he is always there with you. He is that God is that God is 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 our all, right? Even in your marriage life, right? What are you accounting for? Where is God? Where is God? Are you getting married? Because what is what is the account for your marriage? It's because God wants you to get married, right? Whether it's marriage or business, it's all because God. Amen.
So I'm not telling you to force yourself to not like the world. I'm not telling you to force yourself not to do something. I'm not telling you to force yourself to train yourself to discipline. No, because you have that relationship with God, because you're in that God, of course you turn away those things. It's because if you are seeking God and you see God, there is no um, 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 possibility that that you would look to the world and 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 so and so when we put the world uh, our flesh to death when we put ourselves to death right you'll live by god and so i'll continue verse 61 every sickness also and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of this law the lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed verse 62 whereas you were numerous as the stars of heaven you shall be left few in number because you did not obey the voice of the lord your god and so this is canceling the promise of, of of the blessing of genesis right to multiply and fill the earth This is tragedy. Verse 63, And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plucked off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. So, how do you understand this? That if I cannot keep your holiness, then I'd rather you die than lose that holiness. And so from this, what do we see? That our God is a jealous God. That God is holy and for that holiness, he will not. The, so the blessing is not about living long, long and prosperous. No, the blessing is maintaining holiness. Amen. Verse 64, And the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you or your fathers have known. And so let us love God alone. Amen. And so look, faith, if you cannot see it from the perspective of eternity, then it doesn't make sense. It's about eternal blessing and eternal curse. right? And so we need to see it from the perspective of eternity. It's because you lose eternity that you lose the sight of what blessing is and what curses. Verse 65, And among these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. What's the characteristic of Israel? Shalom, being at peace, right? The Sabbath rest. But there's no place for the, there's no respite, there's no resting place for the sole of their foot. So that means that they are constantly on the run, constantly uh, unsure. But the Lord will give you their trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. That means that they are constantly afflicted by fear. Right, we are supposed to live, continue living at glory and living in the steadfast love of God. But because of the curse of God is upon them, that they are trembling and failing and languishing. Verse 66, your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. That's, this, that's what we see characterizing this day and age, right? And so do we have uncertainty regarding the future? We do not. Why? Because God has dealt with, with death. And so what, what is there to fear? Right, you do not need to consider your past. You don't. It's what is the present is what's important, right? The future is not what's important. So there's no there's no uncertainty of your future because you do not fear. And so, if you have concern for future, if you have uncertainty for future, if you put your if you base your life around the future, the fear of the future or the hurts of the past, that you are not living by God, because God is meeting now, right? It's meeting now, and so it's not about the past. It's not about the future. It doesn't matter how the world is, what's going on in the world. 
that you are safe and secure in your relationship with God in the now. Amen? And so we're almost finished. Verse 67. Uh, in the morning you shall say if only it were evening, and at evening you shall say if only it were morning, because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sights that your eyes shall see. And so when it's, e when it's morning, you want it to be evening. When it's evening, oh, if only it were morning. And so look, look, Isaiah has a similar prophecy. This time is coming upon the world. And this time is coming upon the world, right? And so look, when this kind of world comes, Okay, so, so so look, when this time comes, it's only those who have faith who will survive. It's not about whether you have or not. And this prophecy is going to be fulfilled soon. You think that all oh, my money is going to provide my security. Oh, my, 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 my things are going to provide. No, no, only faith that when God's steadfast love is, 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 is holding me up, is propping me up. And so when that time comes, if you're going to try to find faith, then it's too late. As it says in Isaiah 59, 14, that, that you will not be able to find righteousness anywhere on this earth. And as it says also in Isaiah 58, that, that, that there is no one righteous. Even now, it's hard to find righteousness. We're entering into that time where it's so difficult to find righteousness in this world. And when that righteousness disappears, this is what's going to happen. That in the morning, they're going to long for evening. In the evening, they're going to look for morning. And so, and yet... And yet, the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. They shall still proclaim victory. Amen. Hallelujah. So let us have faith. And so verse 68. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale and to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. And so what does this mean? And so Israel, as they crossed the Red Sea, uh, God promised them that they will never return back to uh, the life of a slaves. Why? Because they are kings. And yet, if they live by that fleshly life once again, that, that's the tragedy that's waiting for them, is that they're going to be sold as slaves, even though they are kings. And so they need to be sold as slaves. And yet, look, no one is willing to buy them because of their worthlessness, because of how worthless they are. Even though they're trying to sell themselves, there are no buyers. And so look, this is the tragedy. If you once have become a priestly king and now you're a slave, you have no value. Look at this tragedy. And so we're grateful. Why? Because all of these curses have been cut because of the cross on Mount Eba. Amen? It's over, yes? It's over. That's what I'm, that was I've been trying to preach. That, that I'm not trying to preach this to say to you that you have this curse upon you. No, that this curse has been cut off upon you. Amen. And so let us live by the glory that God has given us. Amen. And so, yes, let us pray. So at the very least, uh, your personal uh, curse, or the curse that's over your own individual, or over the family, let us cut it off at Mount Ebal. Amen? That, uh, and it's not a difficult thing. Just the righteousness of Jesus Christ in one instant will cut it off. Amen? And so Jesus Christ, who changes the curse into a blessing, that let's say that you have immorality afflicting your, 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 your family, world or unbelief. It doesn't matter. Blood of Jesus. Amen. Let us rely on the blood of Jesus. Amen. And say, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord, whatever was afflicting our family, Lord, all of these curses, we proclaim that your dominion cuts all of these things off at Mount Ebal. And so may the power of the blood within us seal this inside of us and taste true freedom that as your children, that the curse has been finished. And that suffering may come, it may be disciplined to us, but that there's nothing that can take my life away. Nothing can kill me. Whether I have money or not, I will not die. That I do not worry about what I will eat, what I will drink, what I will wear, but it's about glory, glory. very least God to me has been living God he has never failed in his promises to me and he has never he has never uh, traded me for any worthless thing and I bless you that this God is also your God I believe that he is also your God so this glory and nobility that cannot be traded for anything let us have faith in that amen And as Deuteronomy 4 says, that when you believe this, that when you pray, what nation is there as great as you that has their God so close to you? So really, let it be more natural for us to live from the perspective of heaven, that there should be no t space for the flesh to take away our energy. We need to open up heaven, letting the treasury of heaven be open to us. That in this day and age, living by the heavens opening up automatically upon us. And so, Lord, give us the authority to pray. We confess once again with our lips that that authority has been given to us. And that, Lord, as your servant lays his hands upon your people, may this faith come upon them. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the past 24 years, you have led this church, and now you are leading us deeper into your Sabbath. And Lord, may the glory and nobility and authority of the King um, uh, come upon us, and that we would realize that this gl our glorious identity that cannot be traded for anything in this world. And with that, Lord, May we proclaim victory over Babylon every day. And that everywhere we go, may, your, may the heavens open up. May the treasury of heaven open up. That whenever we pray, that where is there a nation such as you that has their God so close to it? Every day, may that holiness radiate from this church. Be filled with the power and authority.
we thank you. You have given us victory over Costa Rica and bless us that we will continually confirm it and that the community, as they head towards this construction project, Lord, may you lead us and bless us and help us to establish a headquarters for the remnant to gather in these end times. Pour your anointing over this place. And Lord, as this RT goes to Europe and Israel, wherever they go, everything that they do, Father, may they raise a sound of victory that comes forth from the King. And Lord, through the abundance that you have given us through the riches of the treasury of heaven, that everywhere we go, we would spread that abundance. We would let it flow to the nations. That the riches of the kingdom of heaven would fill us and pour out to the nations. Lord, if it's, whether it's to the individual or to the family, all the curses, I proclaim it at this time, null and void. Work in the power and majesty and riches of your kingdom. As Goliath called the Israelites grasshoppers, that was a lie. And in the same way as David saw through that lie, may our community see that the giant of the world is nothing. That it is simply, simply an inheritance that will burn in the fire. That the only thing we are to fear is God, you alone. That Lord, that this world is nothing. That they are not something to fear but something that we are to reign over and rule over. Yes, Lord, fill them by the power and authority of your kingdom. Believe it, brothers. Believe, brothers, believe that the world is not something that we need to appeal to. The world moves according to our commands. That we rule over the world, we do not submit to the world. Believe, believe that you do not need to convince the world, but command, proclaim. Yes, Lord, may this authority come upon this community. That as they reign over the world, that your kingdom would characterize everything that they do. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We, you who have given us this great victory today, 
Now with the remaining time of 2022, Lord, we will see with our own eyes the confirmation of that victory. Whether it's Costa Rica, European RT, or our conferences here and in Malaysia, Lord, bless them all the roots with victory that as the community goes out into their respective lives that they would confirm this victory everywhere they go and that they would pour out that glory that even though they fall that they would confirm that victory when they're renewed that they would confirm that victory every day being renewed in that victory be pleased with today's offering I bless it that in this time of famine that as the community sends forth your blessing that Lord you would bless them bless them and that the, through the riches that you unlay upon them that it would follow out to Zoe ministry and to all the nations that, that, that as a spring gives and gives and gives without looking for anything in return, Lord, may they continually pour out, pour out because of the riches that is being poured out. Receive their sacrifice and bless them and bless them until it overflows. And now by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and through the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who receive this glory that cannot be traded for anything in this world upon their children, upon their inheritance, upon their work and upon their business, upon the world, upon Zoe ministry, upon the mission fields all over the world and to the church. May this blessing rest now and forevermore.